rejoicing gladness in you. And Father, I know that if we connect with you throughout the day, there is something to rejoice about all the time. There's something to be glad about. If we think about it, there are many things we can be glad about. Be glad about every day that you've given us, every day that you're going to give us, difficulties, easy times. We can be glad in all things because you are the constant in our lives. So we thank you for that, Lord, and we bless you, we praise you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Open up our hearts, our ears, and our minds to hear so we can receive and do. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen. So um, we're going to continue speaking, I mean talking about (laughs) speaking truth. (laughs) We always talk about speaking truth, just don't put it that way. But uh, I thought I'd talk some more today about how important it is for us to adopt God's language. And his language is truth. Amen. His language is his word. We're not talking about facts. We're talking about truth. Amen. So whatever we speak that is truth must be God's word, and it must line up with God's word. It must agree in spirit, and it must agree in in substance. And so it's important for us to um, speak one language all the time, if you can understand that. you There are a couple languages here. The Bible says we're translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. So that translation means we get a new language when we come into God's kingdom. That's evidenced by the gift of tongues. Amen. But also in our native language, we speak truth. We speak as God speaks. And so I think it's important for us, if we want to receive heaven's blessings and benefits, if we want to receive all that God has for us, We've got to be on one accord with him, and that is speaking his language. Amen. The Bible talks about uh, being accountable for the idle words that we speak. Idle words are words that don't produce, don't produce in his kingdom. Words that reflect just what the natural looks like. If we talk about uh, uh, things in the natural, well, you know, there's sickness, there's wars and rumors of wars and famines and all of that, but... God, see, there is a language that God gives us that is truth, that can come in and make that truth manifest and make that truth dispel anything that's not like it. And so I think part of what God is entrusting us with his word for is that we would fill the earth with his truth. When the Bible says the whole earth will be filled with the glory of the knowledge of the Lord, well, we're just not waiting for God to come down and do everything himself. He is waiting for us to speak his truth so that he can confirm what we say. And then he descends upon, he he comes for our words. He comes after the things that we release down here. We still have dominion down here. We're still responsible for the earth. And and believers really have more good to say sometimes than we actually think we do. You don't really need to be quote-unquote deep or uh, be just born again, you know, and, and have the Holy Ghost to tell you what to say. Um, there, there's not, what are we waiting for? You know, God's waiting for us to pull the trigger 
and start releasing the right things out of our mouths and start expecting him to come for our words, uh, you know, there has to be an expectation there. They can't just be, quote the word and leave it out there to die, uh, you know, a, a brutal death <laughs> by the natural circumstances. We've got to strengthen that word. We've got to have that determination that this is going to happen. This is what God expects and this is God's word and this is what he wants. And when we approach the word that way, then we'll see more results, see more benefit. But if you have a choice to speak, speak truth. You have a choice of what to say. Say what God says. Amen. You have a choice for for what to put your confidence in. Put your confidence in him and what he says about things. Amen. I was I was so blessed I got a chance to read some of my own teaching this week on marriage and and I don't know if any of you saw it. If you didn't shame on you. <laughs> but it, the topic is marriage is honorable. And I think if there's anything in life that the human beings can look to to elevate them, it's the the sacrament of marriage, institution of marriage, whatever you want to call it. But so many people don't enjoy their marriage. They don't get the results that they want. They're disappointed. They talk down about it. You know, there was a man in the store behind me and... I I want to say what I was doing. Well, I will confess. It was it was totally innocent. I was I was buying some cough syrup, and you got to have ID to buy that stuff. Y'all know that. I keep some all the time because I got to use my voice. You know, a lot of times I don't even touch it because. The devil sees she ain't going to get that cough syrup because she ain't too religious that she ain't going to take something in the natural she needs. He said, I ain't going to mess with her because she going to get that cough syrup and hurt me. But but anyway, I keep some on hand just just because of that. And so um, I didn't for so oh, I had used my driver's license at a place where I went to, to rent something and they kept it. And I looked in my purse. I didn't have it. And I said, now that lady kept my, they put it through the scanner and leave it in there. So, um, but anyway, I didn't have it. So there was a man behind me. I said, you got an ID? <laughs> he said, uh, yeah. I said, can I use it? <laughs> you know. And then the, he made a comment, the subject went on to marriage. Yeah, I was doing better before I got married. I said, that's not a, that's not, I said, I'm sorry that happened to you. And he kept bragging on about it. And I said, you know what? I'm really going to pray for you. I said, I, I appreciate you letting me use your ID. That's after I got the cost. Sir. I said, I appreciate you letting me use that. But I'm serious. I'm really going to pray for you. I said, because marriage is a good thing. I said, I'm sorry yours didn't work out the way you thought it would. I said, but there's nothing wrong with marriage. I said, because God made it as something good. And he kind of shut up and sat there and, you know, gave me that idea. So I hope she keeps moving. <laughs> but anyway, it's amazing how you can get in conversations with people, you know, for to speak truth. Because that is the truth. 
Amen? And so there are many opportunities God gives us to speak truth. And I pray that he thinks about what he said and thinks about some maybe some things that could have worked differently for him in that marriage. One thing that happened was they had they had a child that that a miscarriage of a child. And I said, I'm really sorry. I said, that's not an easy thing to get beyond. You know, I said, God will help you. I said, I'm going to pray for you that God help you with this. So, you know, you can you can always inject truth into any situation, any conversation. Truth brings people hope. I got news for you. Sometimes you may think, well, they don't want to hear this. And the last time I talked to them, they may not want to hear it or think they don't want to hear it. But truth always has a voice. It always has a place in the earth. There's always some good fruit that's going to come from it. And truth has so many purposes for us. When Jesus walked the earth, he spoke nothing but truth, folks. Stayed in trouble with the religious folks. You know, the people that like the status quo and don't want to see things change and don't want to be changed themselves are not going to like truth. But it's not up to us to alter the truth we can't change it it just is what it is amen there are many times people need truth to get them out of bad habits that they have and get them out of difficult situations and circumstances and so that truth must be spoken you know no matter you know you you can tell people somebody's over in darkness and you're bringing light they don't want to see you coming You know, especially if they're comfortable in their darkness. And so truth has to be spoken so that people can be free. They can get understanding. They can have hope. That's the one thing that truth does. It brings hope no matter where it's spoken, no matter how it's spoken. There's always a little light on it that people can grab hold of, can embrace, can look forward to. For it to manifest for them, all of those things happen when we speak truth. In in the body of Christ, it's our job to do that. Nobody else is going to speak it. Nobody else is interested in truth. Most people are are interested in hiding. Jesus said that that men like their deeds and like darkness more than light because their deeds were dark. So anytime somebody is in dark deeds and they enjoy it, they're not going to want truth to come. Amen. And so, but we are here to speak truth anyhow. Amen. And, and it's so easy. One of the things I, I remembered from, from sales training is that you're, the one thing that salesmen always meet is what they call resistance. Sales resistance. People are going to be resistant to your message. Especially if it's going to cause them to change or move or challenge them or spend some money. You know what I'm saying? And so one of the things that we would do, they would say, well, you have to disarm people of their resistance. Amen. So they give you techniques for how to talk to people to just disarm them. And sometimes you can get in conversations with people that don't seem like they're going anywhere in the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? Just whatever seed just dropped out there and you can build on that, you start your, your talking from that, see? And you break down their resistance to what God wants you to say to them. 
I mean, Jesus was the best salesman ever. To come into Caesar's world and all that darkness, paganism, and and uh, um, worshiping many gods. You know, the Romans had their gods, the Greeks had their gods, and then the uh, Eastern people had their gods. Everybody had somebody. And so to come into that situation and come out with disciples, come out with believers, come out with the church, it really takes ability in how to speak truth and how to just engage people. The man who had the son that was uh, had seizures, and he was angry at the disciples. They couldn't cast the devil out of his boy. And Jesus just came up to him and just started a conversation. Mm-hmm. Conversation at the altar. Most ministers are so anxious to throw something out, cast something out, lay hands on something. We we don't know how to really minister, you know, in a relaxed way and, in, in, you know, in a way that can really kind of disarm people of their unbelief. See, when Jesus talked to that man, his unbelief got smaller and smaller and smaller. The end result was the boy got healed. Amen. He had enough faith after the conversation for Jesus to go ahead and grant him what he desired. And so speaking truth, allowing God to use you, um, allowing him to just help you to relate to people will cause more truth to uh, a door to be open for them to receive more truth. It's hard to just go up to somebody and ask, did you receive Jesus as Savior? Are you saved? I mean, what business is it of yours is the first thing they think. And so just having your, your heart engaged in truth all the time gives you an edge where you can easily find a way to entreat people. You can find a way to engage people. You can find a way to um, gather people in to the love of God. Because the one thing that's going to win them more is his love. It's your confidence in his love. Your confidence in him that he's a good God and he wants to do everybody good all the time. And so people kind of have to know that somehow in relationship. You find that with people who have observed you for a while. They, they'll say, you know, you're a Christian, right? Can you pray for me? You know, after a period of time, they'll, they'll get over their resistance. And they'll get over that push away thing or that disinterest or that threat. Sometimes truth is a threat to people. Amen. Because of darkness that they're in. But it doesn't mean it has to stay that way. In fact, I prophesy it will not stay that way. Because we have too much truth on our side. We have too much power on our side. We have too much of of God's goodness in us for people not to respond the right way to it. They're just going to respond to it. And so when we talk about truth, this is this is why we, we want to... Uh, speak truth because it's successful. <laughs> you got me? You'll be successful if you stay with truth. Amen. Lies won't get you anywhere, but truth will. So speaking truth. Isaiah 55, if you'll go there. <clears throat> 55 verse 1. We This is very familiar to all of us, I'm sure. Isaiah 
55. Verse 8. Now this is, this is talking about truth. This is what God says about his word. He says, uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Because God's ways are ways of truth. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, it doesn't return and go back up, but it waters the earth. So, rain is faithful to water the earth. Huh? He said, my word is just like that. My word is like rain. Is faithful to come down and water the earth and bring forth. So the rain is what pulls everything together, brings forth your plants, brings forth your grass, brings forth everything. Everything is, is within the seed. Amen. Everything that's necessary for the plant is already in the seed, but it needs to be activated. Is activated by rain. And God says, just like rain comes down and starts stuff growing, puts stuff together, makes seed prosper. He said, my word is just like that. When it comes out of my mouth, it won't go back up like the rain. You know the rain won't go up. It's faithful. My word won't return to me and say, I couldn't do it. So when you get my word and you get my word in you, my word is going to do exactly what it says it will do. My word says you're healed, you're healed. My word says this door will open for you and it'll be a big door and you won't believe what's on the other. Yeah, I won't believe what's on the other side of it. <laughs> Amen. That's my word will do it. So just let my word, let me be me, you be you. Amen. Let my word do my word. Amen. So the word does everything. <clears throat> It won't return void, won't return empty, it won't come up to me and whine and say, I couldn't do it. Make sure you don't say that. We're not to go around whining saying it didn't work, or why won't it work, or anything. You're to speak the word. It won't work because you don't believe it. See, just because, you know... um, can you cue Mr. Francis Albert Sinatra, please? Well, okay, we won't do that. <laughs> Alicia don't want to have nothing to do with my cueing no more. She is cueless. <laughs> but how can an ant move a rubber tree plant? He has high hopes. We're to put our hope high in him. See, if you take on the hope of God, you can move anything out of the way. Amen? And you mix it with faith in his word, with with the holy faith of God that resides in us. Nothing's impossible to you when you believe like that. Amen? It's all possible. Amen? So so God is is up to something good, folks, all the time. We just have to tap into it. And the way to tap into it is with his word. Amen. We know that. So, but, but I, I want to encourage you in a, a different way of thinking about 
the word and about truth and how to keep it in your mouth at all times. And he says, it will prosper. My word will produce. My word will produce fruit. It will take it from seed to fruit. It'll take it from a little bitty thing to the full blossom, the full ear, the full manifestation. So it will do what it says it's going to do. And he says, and this is for, I do it for this. He said, you're going to go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Mountains and hills will break forth before you into singing when you use my word. See, all of creation will turn pretty and nice because you're, you're in my word. He said, the the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. So nothing that's, that's damaging to you in your life will come up when you use God's word. Amen. If it's anything contrary to the word, just keep believing the word and speaking truth and it'll choke out whatever is trying to damage it. Amen. It'll kill them weeds for you. Amen. It'll do that. So God wants us to have total confidence in the productivity of his word. Total confidence that that word will produce, it will bring forth, it won't come back and say it couldn't do it, because that's impossible. Once the word goes out, it don't come back to him. No no more than the rain would fall up and not down. Amen. So the word won't come back to him. It'll stay out here, and it'll continue to work. Amen. See, that's a good word for somebody, because many people feel like, because it hasn't happened, You get discouraged, start feeling sorry for yourself. It'll never happen. Don't ever turn on God's word. Whatever you do, don't turn on his word. Don't say he won't do it because he, he'll do it. And, and you won't be like the, the prophet told the man on whom, whose hand the king leaned. He said, it's going to happen, but you ain't going to be here to see it. You see what I'm saying? You can't stop God's word. You can't stop his word. The devil can't stop his word. Nothing can stop his word. Amen. So um, we we need to understand what truth is. Now, Jesus said in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Everything's in Jesus. Everything's in him. Life is in him. Direction, the way, the road. I make a road for you in the wilderness. I make a way out of no way. You look up and you didn't think there was a way out of your trouble, but lo and behold, I cut a path for you to get over onto safety. Amen. Sometimes we have to wait a little bit while God reveals the path to us. It's not like it's not there. He is the way. He's not creating a road for us. It's already there. We just haven't seen it yet. When we all nervous and scared and hi man, you know, he got to get you in peace before he can open your eyes and show you something. Amen. (laughs) It's amazing. But the road is already made. He's made everything. Amen. He's created all things. So he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. John 14. What did I say? Six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. From henceforth you know him and you have seen him. 
Jesus is alluding here to the fact that he and the Father are one. Amen. They agree in one. They're separate people. They're not, this isn't an imaginary oneness, but they agree in all areas. Amen. So when you talk to one, you talk to the other one because they agree in all things. It said John, in John 7, I'm sorry, John, okay, go to John 7 and verse 28. Jesus is establishing his validity as a messenger from heaven. Amen. He says, then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, you both know me and you know where I am. And I am not come of myself, but he sent he that sent me is true and him you don't know. But I know him for I am from him and he has sent me. So what Jesus is saying is that I'm not just some guy coming to preach and tell you things that have no validity, have no truth, have no bearing, have no weight. I was sent by the one true and living God, and he is truth. Amen. So if I speak of him, I I don't speak of myself, but I speak of him, and he verifies the truth. The Bible says that truth is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That's in John 8 and verse 13. We're just establishing what truth really is. It says, verse 12, it says, John 8, did I say? Verse 16. Um, okay, 13. The Pharisees... I'm sorry, verse 12. Jesus spoke again to them saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness or record of yourself and you are, and, and your record is not true. So what they're telling Jesus, just because you say it, that don't make it true. Because you're talking out of your own head. You're talking the things you want to say. And Jesus said this, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you cannot tell where I came from or where I go. You judge after the flesh. I judge no man. Yet if I judge, my judgment is true. I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me are together. So truth must be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That's why it's good to stay with the word. Because you know that the word is founded on that truth. You know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit agree, the three in one. And so that's what makes it true. That there are three separate members of the Godhead that agree on everything. They don't dispute anything. They agree on everything. There's nobody with a separate will, a separate word, a separate anything. And that's what makes the word hold everything together the way it does. Because it's constant. It's stable. It's, it, it's a no-fail word. Because of it being held up by three members of the Godhead, 
that they all that that threefold cord is not quickly broken the word says amen and so you got to remember that when you wrap your your prayers around your loved ones and your family members you got to remember there's a threefold cord holding up the word of god and it ain't easily broken not by they, their negativity not by their cuss words not by their sin their rebellion it is not quickly broken you understand me? And the more adamant you are that it's true, and the more adamant you are that God will bring it to pass. You know, sometimes you get in conversations with your, your loved ones, your family, your kids. You need to go in the bathroom and say, uh-uh, devil, it will come to pass. That word that I put out there that's, that's for their salvation or their blessing, their edification, it's coming to pass, devil. You watch it. It's coming to pass. Amen. And so start understanding that you have truth in you that can supplement the truth that you already have spoken, like your prayers. There's other truths that can hold that up and make it stronger, make it more. See, you need it. You need to, to validate truth with truth often because many times the enemy will come to you with a lie and think you're, you're weakening, you're, your resolve is weakening. He wants to weaken you so that he can get you discouraged and get you lackluster and, you know, halfway in, halfway out on your prayers, all of that stuff. So you need to constantly pump the truth up that you believe. See, you just continue to... to Augment that and let that stand. And in Jesus had so many words. He's full of truth. And he just found occasion to spew it out and to, to share it with people and to teach them and to give them hope that that's people, that's why people ran after him. Peter said, where am I going to go? You got the words of life. You're the only one talking life down here. The Pharisees been killing us and the, the temple people been killing us and giving us hard things to do and we get nothing? Are you kidding me? Where am I going to go? And so we need to, to think about that and be the same way. God, I'm not going anywhere. You got the words of life. Help me to get more in, in tune with where you are, more engaged in what you're doing, more, more related to you in, in my activities and, and what I do from day to day. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. So, um, so God is three, but the three agree in one. Jesus said in John seven twenty eight, He that sent me is true, and I speak what He tells me to speak. So I speak His truth. He says I am not alone. His and He is truth because of this. Your Muhammad, your Buddhas, your Baals—they're all alone. They have no witness. They have no agreement. They have no validation of anything that they say. So they they are not bearers of truth. Only Jesus is the truth. Amen. In John 8.32, you see where... Get Jesus. And you shall know the truth. He says, if you continue in my words, not just get saved and run off and never do anything else, but continue in my word. Go to church, learn the Bible, pray, have relationship. Ask God, what am I doing here? How can I do, I'm, I, when I see Mark 16, 17, and 18, I feel like I should do that. How do I do that? See, continuing in his word. Just building, building, building. You're going somewhere. 
When you follow Jesus, you're going somewhere. You're going where the word takes you. So he says in, in verse 32, uh, he says here, if you, oh, 31, if you continue in my words, then you are my disciples. Well, that just makes sense. If you continue studying to be a doctor, then you will be a doctor. If you continue studying to be a Christian, then you will be a Christian. Amen. He said, you're, that's what a real disciple is. You're not a disciple if you don't continue in the word. You just get a little something and run off with it. Amen. You, you look on Facebook. There are people on there trying to prophesy and there's so much anger in what they put out there and so much hatred and condemnation. They're condemning God's blood bought and don't have enough sense to know what trouble that can bring to their lives. This God has mercy on them. He just lets two people that know him put a like on there because they don't know what else to do. That's them. I don't know what else to do likes. Amen. And so, you know, we, we, we really have to be careful to continue with God. And, and it's more challenging sometimes than other times. Things aren't going well. We want to quit, but that's the time to get excited and zealous about it. Amen. That's the time, you know, when, when you can't move yourself, that's when you need an accelerator. You know, you need somebody to give you that Holy Ghost push. Amen. When you're up against a wall, you need to get somebody to get you unstuck. Amen. And pull you out. And so we need sometimes more effort, more determination when things are difficult. When things are easy, you just enjoy things. Amen. Get over in the flesh, whatever you do. But, but challenges often bring out things out of us we didn't know we had. Because a challenge presses us to go into the unseen realm. Go into some place we don't know exists. And we've never been before, or at least not for any length of time. Amen. And so it's just good to understand that, to, to stay in the word, stay pressing in the word, always have truth in your mouth. Uh, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Let, let things come out of your mouth that build people up and edify their spirit, not their flesh, but edify the spirit man so that, so that God can be glorified. Then that word will come to pass. We speak truth and we got a greater chance of that word coming to pass and coming past in our lifetime so we can see it. Amen. So there is freedom. He says, if then you shall know the truth, you'll be familiar with it. You will have it in your mouth continually. You will be intimate with the, the truth. It will be near you. It will, you can embrace it. If you continue in my word, if you do the word, not just hear it, but do the word. Don't stay stuck doing just the same scriptures that you did when you were a new Christian. Do the word. Step out. Get out on a limb somewhere so God can show you what he can do. Amen. He wants people out there where he is. Isn't that right? Did he tell Peter that? Huh? If he didn't want him out there, he'd say, stay in the boat. Because you're going back anyway. But what he tell him? He said, come on. Amen. He wants us out there in the deep where he is. Amen. You get tired of the same old muddy sand you've been dipping your feet in. You need to try out there. See what else is out there. Amen. Amen. So, so God wants us out where he is. He says, you will know the truth. 
You'll be firm about it. You'll be sold on it. You'll be steadfast in it. You'll be immovable in it. All of that has to do with knowing. Amen. And, and being familiar with it. Amen. And so, uh, and that's up to Jesus to get us to know that. Just, we just, our job is continue with him. And then he reveals. He reveals what he wants us to know. He reveals more of himself to us. He reveals himself as a friend. Amen. He reveals himself as, as leader and Lord and King. And the one who's over everything. Amen. He just will reveal himself to us in so many different ways. So many different ways. It's wonderful. So, so in Isaiah 55, 1, we, we understood that God uses words to accomplish what he desires. And the word won't come back empty. It's gonna produce, just like rain produces, the word produces. Amen. We need to speak truth and believe what we speak. We need to speak God's word and believe it. Many times we need to spend more time muttering the word to ourselves to convince us that it's true. Because you go out and speak something and then you don't like the reaction you got and you quit saying it. Amen. Now this has happened to me more more times than, than I can count. In the area of healing, in the area of finances, I mean, all kinds of areas where God will give us a word and then we'll, we'll stop speaking it after a while because we, mm, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's the atmosphere challenging something new. See, we are responding to the atmosphere's reaction to what we say instead of Letting the faith that's in our heart do all the pushing and all the motivating. So you got enough faith in your heart to speak it the first time. If you continue to let that faith work, it'll continue to push it out there so that pretty soon that atmosphere goes away. The challenging atmosphere backs off and what's left out there is an atmosphere that supports the word. So that's how healing happens in meetings people come in they come from all different denominations backgrounds whatever you got a mixed bag of people there and you begin to preach the word and you will notice that little bit by little bit the holy spirit begins to move around begins to hover because he's wanting to manifest that word and you'll find that if, well, if you're any decent preacher, by the end of your preaching, the Holy Spirit is ready, and he will tell you he's ready, do an altar call, I'm ready, the people have heard enough, I'm ready. You know, don't be a bad preacher and, well, I got all these notes, I got to say everything and kill the Holy Ghost. I mean, he's in charge, he's there to manifest, he's there to help people, amen, amen. You have to learn these things. And so uh, God wants us. I remember when when uh, we would have uh, go out street witnessing and I would ask people what how it went and they would start sharing testimonies. And I noticed that people often talked more than they listened to the people that they were. So we had to clear those things up. We'd say, you know, now you're not out there to tell, tell them the whole Bible. You're there to get. You know what I'm saying? And, and so you, you have to, it comes with practice. You gotta want to know how to do things and 
all of that. I know we think we have a lot to say, and you get a chance to say it all. You know, if you're, you know, somebody in their 20s or 30s, or you have, you know, another 70 years or so to preach for Jesus, you know, you get to say it all. Amen. You don't have to say it all to the, you don't have to kill them with your word first time out. So, so we, we learn these things. Amen. We learn these things. So, so in this, it's the same way about speaking truth. Um, truth begets truth. Truth supplements truth and truth births more truth. So when you begin to release truth, it starts to have a, an effect on you on the atmosphere around you, and on the people that you preach to. Amen? Never discount the effect that it has on the atmosphere. Because many times we think if we're not talking to somebody, or we're not uh, talking to God and giving God the word, you know, sometimes you just need to say it yourself. And mutter it to yourself, and minister it to yourself. and You know, in, in God's hearing, he's listening. Amen. He's making it real. He's encouraging you in it. But the truth is always good. God's word is always good. So there's freedom in truth. Amen. Um, We need to understand how truth is ministered, how it's it's released and, and the effect that it has. We said already the effect we're after is it that word will manifest. It will not come back empty saying it couldn't because it can and it will you just need to believe so in mark 11:22 we see a good example here of what god wants us to do in in spreading truth this is a good truth example because jesus showed them the effect truth has on the natural realm Amen. Um, in, in how it will overpower the natural realm. And he says here, um, uh, Mark eleven twenty two to 24, have faith in God. That's number one. Because a lot of people think just their words, you can have what you say. You know, we like the punchline, so to speak. Yeah, you can have what you say. We just want to have what we say. Amen. But have faith in God. You gotta put your faith in God's word. Amen. So if you have confidence in Him, see if you keep saying you can have what you say, you pretty soon you think you're responsible to make it happen. Amen. And you'll get outside of God and you'll get frustrated. And if, if God isn't moving you, so to speak, to say these things, or if He's allowing you to say them, but then you gotta understand He's the one that makes it happen. Amen. So, so, but Jesus is wanting us to get in tune with the new way that we, we should live our lives as believers. Number one, your words are empowered by the Holy Ghost. When you speak God's word, there is a power behind it. It's not just you anymore. You are putting your faith in the one that wrote the word. You are putting your faith in his character. You're putting your faith in his covenant. You're putting your faith in his essence, in his being. You can't divorce God from his word. So you can't take your list of scriptures and just repeat them, repeat them, repeat them, and forget that God is the one who has to manifest it. 
See? It's good to just say, God, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I want to, to get this thing happening for me. And how do I get it happening for me? Is there something I can do? I've already believed I received it. There's something I can do to, to make it more real. Make it manifest. Make it happen. Because that's what we want. And God wants that too. He wants us to get what we ask for. Amen? And so there is a way to get it. And there is a way to be assured of it. There are many, many avenues that we can go down in our journey with God. You can go down the avenue of faith. and as, But you also can go into the avenue of God's character. You can go into the avenue of his steadfastness. God, you won't, you, this word won't, it has to manifest. It won't return void. And I'm going to remind myself of that today. It will not, it will happen. God, it's going to happen. You said it's going to happen and you can't lie. It's going to happen. Amen. That's truth also. See, that's Mark eleven twenty three, But it's a different way of saying that truth. It's a different slant on it. It makes it personal. It makes it real. It makes it, it's, it's after you adopt the truth, after you adopt the word. Amen. Now think about it. Parents, uh, you know, of adopted children, they don't have relationship with that child before they adopt them. Well, you know, they get to know them and all that kind of stuff. But after the adoption, then you own that. You're responsible. You can put your ideas into their head. You can teach them things. You can um, get more joy out of their lives because you've got some input there. It's the same thing with God's word. Once you receive that word in your heart and you embrace it, it can minister to you in so many different ways. It can minister truth to you. It can minister encouragement to you. It can bring correction to you. You're going the wrong way. Come back over here. It You begin to relate to the word that used to be just a scripture on a printed page. And now it's part of you. You've embraced, You've adopted it. You've embraced it. It's part of you. It's going to bring you joy. It's going to bring you contentment. It's going to bring you excitement. It's going to bring you all the things that that having God adopt you and you adopt him can bring to you. So it's bringing you greater confidence in relationship. Sometimes a word will uh, compel you to get out of your comfort zone if you're going to receive what is contained in that word. So that's when you've got to know God as somebody who won't let you fail. You know, he's constant. He's faithful. Amen. Like Abraham and Sarah found. They judge God faithful. You know, and, and really what Sarah and Abraham did, they took <clears throat> that promise of Isaac to heart. And they thought about it. And they studied it. And they added up everything they'd been through. And they said, you know what? He's going to do this. Because he's never failed us yet. He's never not come through for us. And if he came through on all those situations we've been in all these years, he's going to come through on this one too. And even if you don't have experience with God, you can convince yourself by studying, meditating on his word that he's faithful. Amen. Look at what he did with other people. He didn't, you know, David was a murderer. 
and an adulterer. Moses was a murderer. You think he liked them them better than you? Why? <laughs> what are their credentials? See what I'm saying? Elijah, the Bible says, a great prophet was a man of like passions just like us. He got mad. <laughs> you know, he told people to go take a hike, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Repented and came back. Did all those things just like you and me. But God put a word in his mouth and it caused the earth to dry up for three years. Then he put another word in his mouth and rain came. Come on, y'all. That word is that word. If it's believed and it's acted upon and you're faithful over it, you'll get the same results as the patriarchs did. The ones that God parted waters for. He'll part waters for you. There's no, you know, most of us don't get ourselves in a position where we need to have nothing big parted. You know, we just need to have somebody call us back and say the loan was approved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or something like that. I mean, you know, it's just the way it is. But it might seem like a mount moving thing to you at some point. Amen. And God wants you to know that big or small, he's going to take care of it for you. Amen. He is faithful. So, uh, but so we must speak the truth and believe. We must receive what we ask for when we pray, according to Mark eleven twenty two to 24. Have faith in God for truly. Verily is a covenant term. He's saying, I swear to you, whatsoever you shall, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Well, see, it's, it's not whosoever saying it, it's God backing it up. That's important. See, when he says have faith in God, you're not having your faith in yourself to move a mountain. You're just saying what God says and he gonna do the, the moving. You can't move yourself real good early in the morning. A little slow. Uh, put that one leg out or that one foot out. I had the coldest one toe for so many years getting out of the bed. It dangled out there for a good 30 minutes before I put the rest of the foot out there, you know. <laughs> so that's us. We can't bring anything to pass. But we can rely on the one who can and agree with him. All you're doing when you say what God says, you're agreeing with him that this will happen. It says, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass. And this is where sometimes we get stuck. We'll start saying the word and we lose confidence that it's going to happen. That's when you need to speak truth to yourself. You know what? This will happen. I done got stuck over here in a corner where I'm just quoting a word to myself. And I don't anymore believe it's going to happen in anything. This is going to happen. God, I thank you for showing that to me. I say right now, this will come to pass. How many times do we really say that to ourselves? Sometimes we go around speaking a word, confessing a word, everything, and then we forget. You ain't just saying that. It will come to pass. Amen. I will have what I'm saying right now. It will come to pass. Not because of me, but because of him. I have faith in him. He's the one that's going to bring it to pass. Amen. And it says, don't doubt in your heart. 
but believe. Let faith arise in your heart. Amen? Now, your mind may fight you about it. Oh, no, that, that, he didn't mean it like that. See, that's doubt in your head. Let your heart begin to speak again. Oh, no, 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 listen, head. You ain't telling me nothing today. You going along with the program, you going to shut up, you going to be bound and gagged, or you going to hide around and watch, or you going to have a heart attack. But this is going to happen. God is going to do this. He cannot lie. He won't lie. Verily, verily, he said it. He swore, he swore. And he's not lying about it. He'll have a reason to lie. Everything he says comes to pass anyway. He says he'll have whatsoever he said. Therefore, I say to you what things soever you want when you pray. Believe you receive them when you pray and you shall have them. You've got to believe it when you say it the first time. you got to believe when you pray. Then you got to tell God, I got it. Amen. How do you convince anybody that you believe something? Huh? You tell them. Don't you? Tell God, I believe you, God. I believe you're going to do this. And I have it now. And he says, and when you stand praying, forgive. Righteousness always gets you over in the throne room. Righteousness will get you everything you want. Amen. You can't be a grudge holder and you can't be a small person. you got to be a, a giver and a forgiver. Amen. And do it for everybody. Do it constantly. Just as a matter of routine. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I, you, uh-huh. Don't be stingy on your forgiven. Amen. It says we must speak the truth and believe. We must receive what we ask for when we pray. That kind of faith pleases God. In fact, that's the only kind of faith that pleases God. Amen? It's heartfelt faith. The truth is, we were healed when Jesus took sin on himself on our behalf. Now, he was slain from the foundation of the earth. We've always had a covenant of healing in the earth. And then it was acted out at Calvary and demonstrated for the world to see. So that it wasn't us taking God's word for it anymore. It was a total manifestation of his word to perform everything necessary for our salvation. If there was no Jesus ever born, we would still be stuck in the law believing that he gave his word, that he was slain from the foundation. Once he puts his word out there... That's got to come to pass too. Once he said, I'm going to die for him, he had to go die. Amen? For it to be valid and for it to be real. So Calvary really manifested the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. It acted it out so it, it can be seen. So everything that, that God says must come to pass. It must be manifested. It must have a day of reckoning in the earth where we see it happen before our very eyes. It's the same thing with your prayers, with your desires, with the things you're asking God for. This, These things must happen. Just like Jesus' birth, death, burial, and resurrection happened, it was foretold, this has to happen too. The things you want have to happen too. So 
So God wants us to put our confidence in him to bring it to pass if we'll continue to believe. Amen? So, the truth is, we were healed when Jesus took sin on himself on our behalf. It was manifested at Calvary. The work has already been done to accomplish this. So, there's work to accomplish, and then there's work to receive. He did the work to accomplish it. It's a done deal. Our work is to do the work to receive. The work to receive is believing. Amen? Jesus completed his work on the cross, so there is nothing left to be done for us to have what we desire except believe. And believe that he will do it. Not believe we can be good enough. Believe if we confess enough, we'll get it. Most of us have left that train a long time ago. Amen? You leave your confession, you say, oh boy, when was the last time I told God and thanked him for my healing? You know, here I am again, just remembering, you know, amen. But we're working on it, amen. So that that is the truth. So truth is, we were healed. No more God's going to heal me. We were healed. If you're blood bought, you're healed. So the work has already been done to accomplish the accomplishing work he does. The work of receiving, we must do. He can't do that for us. So our work is really to receive. James 2.14 tells us that faith without works is dead, being alone. Amen. Uh, just as seeds um, that you put in the ground are dead until you put water on them. Your faith is dead until you apply it to somebody and activate it and put it to work. So you can be a believer and not have anything to show for it because you never put it to work. You know, many times, and I've been this way, when I was a new believer, people would tell me, well, God's God's word said he's going to, oh, I know that, I read that, I know that, I read that. Well, you got to do something besides read it and know it. You got to put it to work. And see, I didn't, I, the piece that I was missing was how to put it to work. Amen. That's a piece everybody's missing until he shows you how to put it to work. And so the work to receive is in Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus has completed his work. So he delivers to us, if we believe him, a complete healing. Amen? It's complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Whether it takes a miracle, a creative miracle, uh, a miracle, uh, you know, in, in whatever realm, it's complete. It, it You have a complete healing and a complete healer on the inside of you. When you say, I'm healed, that means the whole thing. It doesn't mean something that's in your head that says, if I could just feel a little bit better, I'm I'm good. You understand what I'm saying? A complete healing. God wants us to not let, neglect anything that's in our salvation package. You don't leave anything on on the field. Amen? You You, you spend it all. Amen. You you do it all. You do everything that you were set there to do. Amen. 
I should have Coach Josh teach all this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm working on something. <laughs> Man, you went out there and you played halfway again. You left, you know what I'm saying. You left something out there. You didn't do it all. And so we have to live like that, folks. We have to keep, keep in there until we receive. And it's not hard. It's just a matter of determination that you're going to see God's word come to pass. I can do this. I'm going to get this. This is not going to escape me. Amen. How many of you set out to do things and, and didn't quite master everything and left something out there and, oh boy. And then it haunts you still. That haunting is God telling you, I still got that for you. This never to, your prayers don't expire. Amen. Now you might think you're going to pass out if you have to keep doing this, but your prayers don't expire. Amen. So, the work to accomplish was done by him. The work to receive must be done by us. Now, how do we do that? Jesus has completed his work. He delivers to us a complete healing, a complete business, a complete career, a complete family, whatever it is we desire on this side. Receiving is another work. It is a work of faith. So we must believe and show that we do. This is interesting. See, this is where relationship in God comes in. How do we show? Well, we know a lot of ways that we show. You can read the Bible and see how people showed their faith. Amen. Bartimaeus cried out. They told him to shut up. He cried louder. So he showed his faith, got God's attention, and he received his sight. So, when when we receive, we have to show God that we believe. We must keep our faith alive after we believe. See, it was dead before, no works. Once you believe, you have to add works to your faith and then keep it alive. Or it'll kind of die on you. You feel like, well, it ain't happened so far. I mean, is it going to happen? You know, you start to question Amen. That's when speaking truth will come to your rescue. See, that's when speaking truth will come and help you. Releasing truth out of your mouth and muttering to yourself. See, the woman with the issue of blood had been 12 years sick, messing around. But new life came into her one day because of what she told herself. She spoke truth to herself. Amen. And that's what we have to continue to do. You keep your faith alive by speaking truth on the inside of you and speaking it out where you can hear it and you can receive it. So we begin to speak truth instead of repeating the lies of the natural realm. Instead of saying, oh, I know God wants me well. I know he wants to heal me. I know God is good. No, 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 no. You want to speak truth. What is the truth? I am healed. I don't know what, (laughs) slap yourself 16 times. I don't know what happened to me. You know, I don't know what happened to me. I went to sleep on the wheel for a minute. Last time I remember talking about this, I said I was healed. Now I'm sitting up here wondering. Amen. Wondering and wandering. So we begin to speak the truth and supplement what we have already stated is true with more truth. You can't have too much truth in your equation. The more you know about God, God's a good God. Sickness ain't good. 
And waiting ain't good either. Amen. I have it now. Once you say you have it now, you've satisfied your spirit man. He sits around and waits for you to get enlightened. You get a little enlightenment and then you go back to doing the same old crazy stuff again. Amen. So we begin to speak the truth instead of repeating the lies of the natural realm. When you have truth, it comes out boldly and confidently. In fact, it will scare you. Amen. It it does not need permission to be expressed. It'll be expressed with just by stirred up or a little bit of stirring up. Amen. It will be expressed. So when you have truth, it comes out boldly and confidently because you believe it in your heart. The heart is bold. The righteous are are as bold as a lion. The righteous heart is a bold heart. Amen. We're as bold as a lion. So the truth is, 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, already done, he accomplished it, that we being dead to sin would live unto righteousness, and by whose stripes ye were healed. We're healed. We're healed. We're healed. We must speak the truth about this. We cannot afford to give in to the lies of the flesh, the devil, or the carnal mind. The truth was done at Calvary. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We said that, John fourteen six. What he spoke, carried out, and lived are truth. Everything you know about Jesus and the type of man that he was is part of that truth. Everything he did came to pass. He always obeyed the Father. He never acted on his own. He's backed up by the Father and the Holy Spirit. The threefold cord is not quickly broken. The devil can't get in here and steal this from me. As long as I I continue in his word, then I will know more truth. And that's freeing me up from the tyranny of my mind that keeps telling me when's it going to happen and why didn't it happen yet and what did you do wrong and all of that. That truth delivers you from that mindset that tries to continue to rob us. Amen. What he spoke, he carried out and lived are truth. When we speak about him, we speak truth. John fourteen twelve, he promised the church that we would do the same works that he did. We've got to believe this. Same works. We heal, we preach, we teach. We cast out devils. We help people. Amen. We have compassion. All of those things says here, truly, truly, John fourteen twelve. I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. Well, he spoke the word all the time. So we got to start there. Amen. Speaking truth all the time and speaking his word all the time and greater works. That word greater really reflects a greater number of works because he's up in heaven interceding for us. He's with the Father again now. There's more strength there. Amen. There's more uh, oversight there. There's more permission to do all the things that are, are needed from different 
uh, dispensations of time. So things will accelerate because he goes to the Father. Things will increase because he goes to the Father. Amen? He says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do that, that the Father would be glorified in the Son or in the power of my name. Amen. If you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Amen. Or or say anything in my name. Or repeat my word and, and expect me to manifest it. I will do it. it. All of that is the same concept. So there are many times where we don't just ask God to pay a bill for us. We just believe it. The bill's paid. See, this is this is what you have truth in you and you put your confidence in that truth and you expect. Well, if you ask, knock, seek, expect the end result, you got to expect it. Amen. You got to know he wants it for you. You got to have peace about that and you have to expect it. Amen. And it's good to ask, too. You know, God, I'm just thinking about something here and I'm just thinking about getting this or buying that. I would like to have this or, or maybe I would want to go here and do this for you. Should I go to this meeting? Should I listen to this? You know, all of these things we query inside of us oftentimes and and have that communion with God. He said, let's reason together. Amen. Just come to me and let's talk about it. You know, think about it. I'll start speaking to you from the inside of you. And I'll begin to tell you the things that I have in, in set aside for you. So what he spoke, he carried out and lived our truth. When we speak about him, we speak his truth. He promised that we, the church, would do the works that he did. That is, heal people and heal yourself. And greater, more in number. He ordained many sons and daughters to do these works and is still ordaining more. He is now calling up more sons and daughters into the harvest field. The fields are white and ready for harvest all of the time. He is looking for laborers who carry out his truth. He is wanting people to empty themselves of anything that's not from him and is not from truth and begin to adopt truth in a greater and greater measure. So he is looking for those who will boldly speak his word. Amen. Who will confidently and boldly speak so that he can confirm it with signs following. He's interested in us speaking truth so that he can manifest truth. Amen. That's the main reason. It's not so you can impress anybody. It's not so you can sound deep. It's not so you can share the newest revelation that everybody else is sharing that ain't due. It's recycled, usually. But the confirmed word, he wants, truth is only, truth is the only thing God can confirm. He can't confirm our wants. He can't confirm our wishes. He can confirm his truth and his word. The confirmed word means that God shows up to accomplish something when we speak. That means that God has showed up on something we said to make it manifest and make it real. He honors himself by accomplishing his word. When he confirms his word, he gets the glory. He is glorified. You don't take any glory from God. I mean, you can boast and brag if you want to, but that that doesn't have as much impetus as if you just spoke his word, you know, and say glory to God. Praise God. I thank you, Lord. 
the man born blind, Jesus uses our needs to bring glory into the earth. That man had a need. He was born blind. And the disciples asked him, whose fault is this? He said, nobody's. Ooh, that ain't important. No, it's not. Not in, in light of the blood covenant, it's not. Why are you going to go back in time and try to figure out who did? Doctors do that. They want a family history so they can put some problems in your life. Huh? I'm going to say it again. They want a family history so they can put some problems in your life. You don't know how many people, how many couples get angry at each other because they're carrying a a deformed child or a child with some kind of ailment when they tell them how it got there. I'm going to park the car right here. I'm going to take a nap, Poppy. You wake me up when you think the time is right, okay? Okay, thank you. Huh? Going backwards is never the answer. I'll tell you right now, it's never the answer. Now, they think they're doing people a favor. Genetic counseling. We look back in your family history and you've had this, this, and this. Yeah, but the parents who are hoping for a child mostly don't even think about that. They'll say, well, honey, what do you think? Let's try anyway. Because that glimmer of hope is always in life. Life is hope. There's a chance that it won't happen like they say. And we're going to go for it. Amen. So it, it, in, in for the ones who take it to heart, they can't change it. All they do is blame each other. It's shocking sometimes families break up over somebody, something they can't help. They say you carry that or you, you're prone to that. Amen. God's going forward. He's looking at us for my glory. I don't care what's wrong with you. It's for my glory. You just let me have it. You just believe that, that, that I healed you and, and see what I do. Amen. And so I think we ought to give God as much chance as we give doctors. You understand what I'm saying? Is give him a chance to glorify himself in our sad situations or our, our situations that we can't do anything about. Amen. So all he asks us to do is believe him and express it by speaking truth. The truth is I'm healed now. I receive my healing now. When you speak truth, you have that in you. You have that truth. That is the only truth. We must agree with him in deed, time, and degree. In other words, the deed we're agreeing with is our healing. The time, it's now. The degree is total. So I have my total healing right now. I've received it right now. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed right now. I receive my healing right now. It's mine. It won't be taken away from me. Holy Spirit, help me hold on to it the way I feel like I have it now. It's 100% mine. This is all that he can confirm. For years, we thought if we believed we would be healed, he would do it. But at some point, that faith in us flipped over to it's done. Whether we expressed it or not, we decided it was time. 
Amen. You call time on waiting. You said, no, it's mine now. Amen. I want it now and I have it now. See, eventually your spirit will catch on to faith must be expressed in terms of having it now or it's still dead. Amen. So to believe that it will happen one day is not true. That's not true. It's been done already. It's already been done. You want it or not. If you want it, you can have it. Okay, I'm giving it to you. Do you have it? Yes, I have it now. You got me? That's all there is to it. We have it now. We speak experience or circumstances or doubt when we put it in any other form. If you speak, well, good, I could have been healed. I don't know why I can pray for all everybody else. I can't never pray for myself. Is that stupid or what? If I talk to you about money, you pray for yourself right now. We can put healing on a back burner and take another pill all day long. Mark 11.24 says you must believe you receive it when you pray. Not later. When you going to take it. When we believe God, we have faith in where his heart is directing us. Jesus says it's yours now. Don't wait another minute. Don't wait another nothing. Receive it now. He says, I did did this so long ago, I want them to have it now. I can't wait to see them whole. That's where Jesus' heart is. Giving them the kingdom is my joy. That's his heart. You need to think those things sometimes to yourself. God, you say it's your good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Don't ask him why you don't have it. Say, thank you, Lord, I have it now. Because you do have it now. You don't even know what the whole kingdom looks like, so... It's inside of you. Giving them the kingdom is my joy. I'm not withholding anything from them. These are things you say to yourself that God says. These are the truths you can meditate on. I reward the ones who diligently pursue and follow me. We need to speak more truth over our situations. The truth is God is good. He's faithful in small things and big things. He cannot lie. He will not lie. He never fails to deliver. His word will not come back empty and tell him and whine and say, I couldn't do it. It'll come back and say, I did it because they received it. I can trust him and let him have all my woes and concerns. His way, he's waiting for me to call upon him and he will answer me speedily. Great and mighty things. I don't care how big it is, great and mighty, that encompasses everything. Matthew twenty-eight twenty. the very hairs of my head are numbered. He is with me always, even until the end of the age. Nothing can separate me from God's love. God, I'm not going to quit because of this. I said I was tired of waiting, but I wait no more. I have it now. The problem is I let now slip, and I start thinking about later, now. You ever eat that candy now and later? Y'all didn't have nothing later, did you? Ate it all now. My goodness. It was always now. Nothing was left for later. Amen. And some of us put two and three of them in our mouth at one time. Huh? You can't do it now. The caps and crowns will come out with the candy, but you're working on it, right? His love knows, God, your love for me knows no bounds. 
You gave your life for me. You suffered for me. You died for me. You will give me anything now. You gave your very best when I was at my worst. You'll give me anything now. No created or imagined thing can separate me from your love. God, we ain't going to fall out about this. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to believe for now. I'm going to start thanking you for now. I'm going to expect it now. Amen. You abide under, I abide under the shadow of the Almighty's wing. Nothing can hurt me. God, you are protecting me every single minute of every single day. You don't want anything wrong to happen to me in my life. Why y'all staring at me? I'm going to give it up in a minute. They got the bead on me. I see this. I saw the little stink eye over there. (laughs) I know. Messing with you. All right. So I dwell in safety. No evil will befall me. No plague will come near my. COVID did not enter my house in Jesus name. It tried to attack me at my job, but I fought it off. Amen. I didn't have it and it didn't have me. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. All right. I'm done. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Father, we thank you for your word and for the fact that we can savor your word and we can enjoy your word. We can do the word, Father. I, I, my, my, my job is not to put pressure on anybody or make it hard for us, but to make it easy. It's the anointing that makes everything easy. And we thank you for it, Lord, and we bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth and all things, we love you. No good thing will you withhold from us. You're not the withholder. You're the giver. You've released it to us by your covenant, and we receive it now. Whatever is lacking in our lives, we receive it now. The total of it now. We possess it now, and we thank you for it now. Father, every now and then we need to check into our hearts and say, Ooh, it's still in there. I have it now. Thank you, Lord. I see it. It's in there. I have it now. And we thank you, Father, that we can speak truth confidently and boldly. We don't just have to throw scriptures or quote scriptures at people, but there's a lot of truth that we have in us about you that we need to meditate on and we need to share. Your truth is you're not a man that you should lie. You're going to bring it to pass. Your truth is you love us with an everlasting love and you don't hold our sins against us ever. The truth is that you are here to live in us, abide with us, be our friend, our counselor. If we're in trouble, you come to rescue us. If we need a lawyer, you you advocate for us you do everything for us we're never without you and without your help so Lord we thank you that nothing is too hard that you put before us that we need to believe you for because your word covers everything Father from the least thing to the greatest thing we believe it will come to pass because we can have what we say because we have faith in you And so, Lord, our faith and confidence is in you to bring every jot and every tittle of your word to pass as it is written. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.